to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me right now. Just look at your phone, get the app up, Instagram, there it is, press, oh, put in at Strict Anonymous. <laughs> it's at Strict Anonymous. There you go. There I am. Follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Do the same thing at Strict Anonymous. You can follow me there. Also, if you want to be on the show, you want to follow me there because you could DM me on Instagram or Twitter to be on the show. This is a call-in show where people call in and remain anonymous. You could confess anything to me because you will remain anonymous. I change your voice. I change your name. All you got to do is tell me your real truthful story. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Oh my God. How do I have a podcast for all this time and I'm so bad at grammar? Anyway, if you want to be on the show, like I said, you could DM me on Instagram and Twitter at Strict Anonymous, or you could just email me Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com or go to my website, Strictly Anonymous Podcast.com and click on Be on the Show. You could also call my confessions hotline. I changed the voices there. So if you have something short you want to confess, you could do that 24-7. Just call 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. 3579. The links and everything to everything is in the description. Also, the link to Patreon. You want to see anonymous pics of mostly all my female guests, as well as some of the guys who call in, join my Patreon. You're also going to get these episodes early, ad-free. You're going to get anonymous confessions. You're going to get a lot of other things over there. I love my Patreon members, my patrons. That's what they're called. If you want to do that, you could go sign up. It's $5 a month. You could cancel at any time. You're going to see today's guest, Kitty, as well as her hot boyfriend, Blake. You can see anonymous pics of them. That's who I have on today. Remember Blake, episode 511. I just posted his episode. This is his girlfriend, Kitty, calling in to talk all about their relationship as well as her past, which is super interesting. Kitty was very open and curious from the get-go, and she went out and lived her best life and experimented and did everything she wanted to do sexually way before she ever met Blake. She used Tinder as a way to, for most of her hookups and experimenting early on, she met up with women, she met up with guys, she got into all kinds of things. She, her, one of her hookups with the woman was with the couple. She also started to experience being dominated and being a dom herself. She's definitely a switch and she loves the whole mistress slave dynamic. She talks about that. She's a size queen. She likes somebody with a little more girth than the average guy. So she's very into BBC. She had a whole BBC experience that she talks about that she had while she was hooking up with Blake. She talks all about how they got into all the things that they did, including pegging, how she loves that and how it makes her feel. 
as well as how they got into swinging and latex and strap-ons and all that kind of good stuff. She does go into their swinging experience, what she's into and why she likes going to the swingers clubs, as well as like she talks about the stuff that is on her bucket list, including a gangbang. Trust me, she will be back on talking about that gangbang. But in the meantime, she talks about so much in this episode. Uh, So you have to listen to it because you're going to love it. And if you want to see pics of her, she's like a 12, okay? Anonymous pics of her. She loves lingerie, expensive lingerie. And that's what you see her in on my Patreon. She sent in those pics. You could see her there. Anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Kitty, she gives a shout out for her Instagram at the end of the episode, too. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Kitty. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hi, Kitty. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you all the way in Australia? What time is it there now? It's 11 p.m., so getting close to midnight. Yeah, and I'm 9 a.m. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you, Kitty, because I do know some stuff about you. It's like, it's interesting to do a a couple this way because typically I have a couple on together. But what I chose to do with you and your boyfriend, Blake, is like tape you both one after the other. We got your boyfriend's information side of the story, you know, and he talked about Mm -hmm. you. He talked about himself and his backstory. His episode, Blake, aired, I think it's 5.11, right? That was the episode number. No, 5.10, actually. People should go listen to that if they want to hear more about Blake. But what I promised my listeners and what a lot of people wrote in after listening to Blake's episode is like, we want to hear from Kitty, Blake's girlfriend. (laughs) Okay, so now what I know about you is you're very into anal. These are like just the bullets and then you're going to get into the specifics. You're a switch. You could be very dumb. You like pegging and you know, so you're not only just into anal for yourself, you're anal into anal for your guy. You're into, you're a size queen. We'll talk about that. And you have a gangbang, which I've had, like you have a gangbang fantasy that I have had a one episode mm-hmm. on, okay? You are like, your your fantasy is like five BBCs, right? I mean, I have <laughs> I have a girl named Christine who did that fantasy that you're, you want to live out. But oh, we've listened. Yes, it's, you're super open-minded. You're bisexual. We'll talk about that. I mean, you, you have pulled around with girls and you go to swingers clubs with Blake. So let's get into the backstory of you. And then we'll get into Mm -hmm. your open relationship with Blake as well. So I don't know where we should start with you. You tell me. So much to cover. I know. Well, maybe starting with Kitty, the name came from essentially part of the mistress story. I had an outfit that had a couple of like kitty cat ears. It's a bit of like a mask. And just to sort of start out that fantasy, that's where the name Kitty came from. Um, And so that sort Mm -hmm. of. Yeah, I think there was a bit of a joke around whether or not he was a bit of a cat and he liked cats Yeah, <laughs> um, in the last episode with Blake. But, you know, it came from that mistress story, so we can get into that a little bit later. So yeah. I love Blake's episode. You defended me a little bit and said that I was already corrupted and he didn't necessarily corrupt yes! me. And I think that's, yeah, I liked that you um, stood up for me even though you hadn't spoken to me yet. And that's definitely true, I think. I started sexually out quite young and probably didn't you know, really explore that until I was 18. And in Australia, the drinking age is 18 mm-hmm. here. So you can go out and drink at sort of when you finish high school. I think it's 21 over in the States from memory. Yeah. So here, you know, you finish high school, you go out and 
I really let loose and um, enjoyed myself. I had a couple of serious boyfriends through high school, but nothing serious sort of going into university. And I wanted to experience some, you know, sexual desires that I've always had. I think I'm that sort of stereotype, uh, maybe that unicorn that watched porn really young and was into a bit of like lesbian stuff, watched a bit too much and got a bit desensitized. So by the time I was out and drinking and partying and dating, I wanted to experience more than just the vanilla regular sex on, or real sex. Female. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I really took to sleeping with people, I would say, rather than, than dating, not necessarily sleeping around. I would have sexual partners and there would be a little longer term, but not necessarily serious relationships. And I quite like that. Mm-hmm. A big part of that is I'm a little bit younger than Blake. So yeah. when it comes to that age was probably when Tinder was coming out mm-hmm. in the market. And so it was a little bit easier to find those sexual connections and sort of say, hey, I like the look of you. Do you want to go for a drink? And there was sort of a nonchalantness about it, yeah, which was quite good in, in this day and age. And through that, I had some experiences connecting with some women so through my early sort of you know 19 20 21 connecting with some women having some one-on-one experiences there and always just sexual never emotional I would say Mm -hmm. and then with men it was mostly one-to-one men don't necessarily have a type except for just older than me so if I was 18 19 20 they would be um, late 20s 30 35 sometimes closer to 40 And I think that's probably where I I experienced a lot of different sexual desires and that uh, other men had and I could experience what I was into and what I wasn't. I remember there was one date that I went on where someone was really into feet and I experienced that night that I'm not into people sucking my toes. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. and, And it was really quick in terms of I understand that you like it, but I don't. Can yeah, we please yeah, move yeah. on? And, <laughs> and and since then, that I learned that early on and, and I've tested it since and I still don't like it. So that was a, a cool experience. But let's get back to like, so you're on Tinder, you know, and you're using it to experiment because you're this young girl who has watched, like you said, a lot of porn and you wanted mm-hmm. to do more, do the stuff that you saw that you had probably been, you know, f- fantasizing about. So d- what mm-hmm. happened during that? First, like, how many girls did you see? Like, how did those first experience go? Was it something that you really enjoyed? Was it, oh, this isn't as great as I thought it was? Yeah, so I think I would go out on a night out and mm-hmm. more often than not, find a girl to make out with right. than a guy yeah and so that that came up and, and never go home with them but I think <laughs> I'm that sort of party girl I guess um that would enjoy that and and find a pretty girl and, and make out with them when it came to some experiences that I had there was one where I think it was one of my first experiences where I found someone online that I wanted to potentially go and have a one-on sort of almost like a one night stand Mm because they were quite a while away yeah and that was earlier on so it was I think when you're you're out and you're drinking and and you're having a kiss um there's an air of confidence and like you're just going with the flow of the night um whereas if you're going out of your way driving an hour and a half to potentially meet someone for the potential of you know having a sexual connection it's a bit different and I went to this girl's dormitory I, I guess would be the best way to explain it it's like on-campus housing um, in university mm-hmm. for essentially just a, a late night drink and and see whether or not we would click and 
watch a movie and potentially play, but that didn't really go to plan because there was a fire alarm. Oh no! In dormitory, <laughs> and so I was evacuated out, and was sort of stuck with girls that I'd never met before, and was uh, oh, um, how you know, uncomfortable. In, yeah, and it was just such a, a jarring experience. Yeah, and as soon as the lights were off, I was out of there, and I essentially ghosted her and, and never sort of connected back because I was just sort of mortified, and that was really early days, and it took me probably like six more months to try and bridge another connection um, mm-hmm. just because it was like, oh, I, I got out of my comfort zone. I was trying to even potentially see whether or not there was something more to my bisexualness than yeah. just a six, sexual one because I was going out of my way to potentially meet someone, right? Mm-hmm. The next one was connecting with a lady that was part of a couple. Um, so that was more sort of safer territory. Yeah, And that was just essentially joining in on a bit of couple safe play and really sort of safe boundaries where she didn't want me to touch him but just focus on her and she would focus on me and he wouldn't touch me and it was very much about servicing her and I was very comfortable with that and what I liked about that was that we built up you know our boundaries over you know two to three weeks over text messages and and called and facetimed I was sort of prepared from that previous experience of not going in blind and sort of not knowing what to expect, but really sort of setting the scene and, and the boundaries so that everyone was more comfortable walking in. But then also saying, if it's not right, then you can bow out and it's all good. Yeah. Um, and that experience was was perfectly fine. And it only happened once and I have fond memories of it. So it's it was a good experience. And I still dabble in the bisexualness now. I think Blake spoke about a, a foursome that we had yeah. where... We, we played more recently and I've, I've sort of settled on the bi stuff as for me sexual I, I love a female's body I will kiss another female more than I'll kiss another man when we're playing sexually um I just prefer that just how I am when we play um but it's it's not emotional for me and I do quite like it but for now it's very much in that sort of swingers sort of play area but I've probably only had maybe four or five women's sexual experiences prior Mm -hmm. to Blake over the the tenure of my sexual career I guess you could call it just a bit of different flavor right so Mm -hmm. because I was not dating long term it was really interesting to be able to see different personalities and um, what people were into I think it's always really interesting when you meet someone and you think you understand what turns them on and then you're like oh I don't, didn't, didn't flag you for that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one guy that was super polite and, you know, wouldn't hurt a fly, was really, really nervous, but really liked to not necessarily choke, but pin someone down and, and show some dominance. And I really didn't expect it. Right. It was like the furthest thing that I thought that he would be more of that dom type. And I think that was one of my first experiences dominated. And I think that sort of switch between, you know, your one thing to another is really interesting and that was awesome. I think when I was dating around, it was more around just making sure that honestly I was self-served and and pleasured. I wanted to experience different things and I was also very horny and, and I got bored really easily. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. 
send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline, 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Because I wasn't looking to settle down, right? And yeah. so, and, and and to be fair, neither were the guys. Like this, I, I think, like thinking back to that time and, and Tinder was sort of lively here, it was very much, I, maybe I was just sort of taking advantage of the situation, but I was able to have these really great relationships with men that didn't expect much sexually, but also like respected me as well. Yeah. Like we would go into these situations and be like, look, we're, we're here for a good time. Like, you know, we'll go out and we'll, you know, have, it, it wasn't just, I would come over and, and just give them a suck and, you know, we would, <laughs> we would play, it, we would have, you know, a dinner or something like that. And I'd, I'd have great experiences, but I wasn't looking to commit and I yeah. think that speaks to if you want to get to the psychology of I, I I wasn't looking for a relationship because all the relationships around me around my family had broken down and I really wanted to focus on myself and my studies and my career and I thought that was quite healthy at the time mm-hmm. and I think for me it was really much about just seeing what I liked and exploring that a little bit more and, and through that I had some experiences where I had my first almost tag team experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very short and surprising, but I was I went on a date with an English backpacker and we had gone back to his place and we had started playing and his friend had walked in on the room and I don't know if it was, you know, planned or not and it probably yeah, was yeah, in yeah. hindsight. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of was in the moment going, Why not? Um, and came and sort of coaxed him over and and sucked while his friend was behind me and then they swapped and we didn't go past that but that was a really nice experience let me tell you I give you credit because I no, it's okay it's okay but I'll give you credit because I had one guy I spoke of this on my 500th episode where he that I was sleeping with who every time I was with him one of his friends would like walk in on us and I would always be like get the fuck out of here because I just wasn't down with that but I was like you know looking back on it I think those kinds of scenarios are set up I don't know because like it was like every time this guy his friends would walk in no other guy I was with that happened you know so but I give you credit that you were like yeah sure why not you know you were like it was the only time it ever happened so I was like why not so but in hindsight yeah 100% 100% set up, I would say. And I mean, I had fun. Everyone was, was there for, I guess, that reason. And yeah. I think when you're open-minded and I, I'm quite strong-willed and, and strong-minded, I can speak for my own safety in a lot of these scenarios. And I, I try and vet people quite a lot as well. Like I will build quite a bit of a connection and make sure that I feel safe with someone yeah, and that's important. Um, that they respect my, my boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm also quite careful when it comes to sexual health and make sure that I'm protected and I, I generally um, will always use protection mm-hmm. in the form of a condom. And um, if someone's squeamish to that, then 
um, and they don't want to, then that's an extreme like red flag for me and I just move on. So it's really easy to find people to connect with. So I'm just sort of reliving my early days and it's really interesting. So I'd, I'd obviously through university dated around a bit and then from some way of life found myself in a relationship which the for my own boundaries I won't sort of go into too much. Yeah. Um, but that relationship was a little bit more open um, and through that I had a couple partners that I would have relationships with maybe you know once every six months or so it wasn't an active time in my life where I was more sexual so I had this previous younger life where I was playing around a bunch and then life sort of hit sort of you know early 20s I was sort of seeing someone and responsibilities were happening but I obviously was still deep down this sort of sexual person and so was my partner at the time and we had a bit of an open relationship that my partner at the time was seeing someone more than I was. And so that's, I think Blake mentioned that that relationship ended maybe a month after Blake and I started to connect yeah. and, and that's right. And that's that's perfectly fine. I think everyone has their own reasons to separate. But through that sort of period, which was a couple years, I turned that sexual energy to playing with myself and experimenting with toys and butt plugs and, you know, dildos and all of that stuff. Because when you're in a relationship and you play with other people maybe once every six months, I still needed to get that energy out some way. And and I wasn't necessarily sharing it with anyone. So mm-hmm. I take photos of myself and I'm a bit of an exhibitionist. So if I was starting to talk to someone, it, it would be nice to have those sort of, you know, photos handy to tease them a little bit. But so I, I always wanted to try anal, but I'd never necessarily gone down that sort of rabbit hole too much. So I experimented with toys. I wanted to make sure that I would be comfortable with it and fell down the rabbit hole of anal porn and you know taught myself what I needed to do and and bought those little cute butt plugs that have the little like diamonds on the end that are a bit shiny and loved it and started to play with dildos and um, worked myself up to quite a large I think it was like a a seven or inch dildo I think it was pink which is what Blake remembers so fondly right it was a big dildo big pink one Yeah, and I think the photo, so obviously I was in that sort of open relationship. Blake and I were co-workers at the time and we were texting one night and he mentioned something about no one ever being able to entertain the idea of taking his cock anally. Yeah. And I was like, how so? I was sort of aiming to, you know, for a a dick pic of of sorts. <laughs> um, to see what he was sort of talking about, and so teasingly, I, I sent him a photo going, "Is it is it like this with um, sort of like a seven or eight inch dildo in my?" Oh my goodness! Ass. Yeah, <laughs> the vanilla and girl. Like he did. <laughs> and I sent it on WhatsApp, so you can see when someone opens the text message and it, yeah. it goes red, and he didn't respond for like twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh that was quite God. funny, and he came back. And he did He did send back a photo of, of his cock, which floored me as well, to be fair. It was quite a nice photo. And and from there, it sort of was like fireworks and it was very sexual, very straight on. That was definitely the mindset. But yeah. I went into quite a lot of my engagements, well, not engagements, but, you know, um, relationships with men in that way, sort yeah. of putting my, you know, heart on my sleeve going, this is what I want. 
this is, you know, not what I'm looking for at the moment, you know, take it or leave it. And I build a lot of respect and sort of, you know, understanding what my boundaries are yeah. through that process. Mm-hmm. And and through that, honestly, found an incredible love with Blake. And, and Blake sort of covered that a lot of our sort of current relationship in, in his podcast with you. There was two to three years from the initial um, photo to when we sort of locked down where there were a couple interesting things that we got up to while we were sort of playing around with each other and not committed Mm -hmm. one being and I think you might like this story actually I went overseas to the U.S. for work and we had not gotten serious at the time and Tinder was still a thing and you could sort of set up a feature on on Tinder where you could set up your location prior to going to the city Oh, really? That's sort of cool. Tee up. Yeah. <laughs> you can tee up dates prior to going to the city that you're going. And so I set it to the city that I was going and sort of found some dates and like playfully with Blake was sort of saying, you know, who should I, who should I meet up with? And he was sort of egging me on to meet a, a black man because I'd never been on a date with one and, and it sort of was a fantasy of mine. Um, and so I'd, I'd been messaging a couple of people back and forth and I really hit it off with, with one individual that was going, was going to take me out on a date on my second night when I got there. And so I went on a date and we didn't sleep together that first night because I was really nervous being in a city, obviously first night, um, wasn't with sort of anyone I was familiar with. I wanted to make sure I felt safe and comfortable, came back to the hotel, messaged Blake and I was like, oh my God, like, you know. Um, you know, he was amazing. Like, should I go out on another date with him tomorrow night? And he sort of egged me on and said, yes, absolutely. Like, that would be amazing for you. I know this is a fantasy of yours. And so the next night we went on another date and he came back to my hotel room and I had slept with my first black man. Um, <laughs> and I think um, he remembers. See, I don't remember too much of the night because it was quite a long time ago and, and Blake has this incredible memory that mm-hmm. I don't have. And so if I tell him something and it turns him on, he'll remember it forever. Yeah. Whereas this is, you know, four or five years ago for me now and I don't remember every single detail. But I do remember sort of going to the bathroom and sort of getting comfortable and sort of saying like, you know, get yourself comfortable, the bed's there, all of that stuff. Sort of freaking out in the bathroom going, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> and then coming out and he was like already undressed, stroking um, sort of ready for me and I just sort of fell to my knees and got to work and it was a bit of a blur for for a while and it, it lasted god like two hours or so which Blake was sort of holding on for an update and with the time difference it was really interesting I think he was probably <laughs> quite tired or and it was in the middle of the day at work I wasn't sure and that was a really interesting dynamic because like thinking now to how you know how open we are and how we can really accept each other it really came down to you know we really embraced each other's sexual desires day dot from early from early days Mm -hmm. that we could see each other happy in those scenarios and support each other and so yeah that that was an experience that I had and you were on the same page I mean at this point when you're there you know meeting with that guy and Blake's like waiting on the edge of a seat for the details you mm-hmm. already know that he's into guys and this is a part of it because I mean you guys are very well matched in that I think you not oh, only yeah. respect each other's sexuality you're very on the same page you really like the same things 
Yeah, I think when you open up a relationship um, or the start of something with yeah. a photo of a dildo on your ass, it really sort of, <laughs> yeah. uh. <laughs> really sort of opens things up. Um, after I, I, I sort of came over and I, I, I think the first podcast with Blake may have alluded to I came over and um, let him fuck me in the ass straight away. It, it was a mm-hmm. couple times of us meeting before that happened, I would say. But over sort of six months of regular sort of playing, you you begin to open up. And I would say for, for women, it's a lot easier to open up about your fantasies. But for men, it, you, you sort of keep it closed to your te- chest. So well, it if, wasn't, it's bi- if it's um, being into the same sex, is that what you mean? Because I think yeah right that whether yeah, that because he, he was into guys that's what you're talking about it's harder for a guy to admit that yeah but i think also his other kinks are, are not very vanilla as well right? right so so blake's into um obviously sexually by he's not emotionally um into to men and, and doesn't yeah. like kissing but sexually likes to explore that and and i've watched um gay porn and, and got enough to it so that wasn't um any sort of shock to me at all um but then also the the latex the mistress the the power play the switching like all of that stuff is very um it's not your vanilla kinks like foot fetishes or fishnet stockings or things that would would usually show up on the front of a porn page for example that I would experience and Mm -hmm. so I wasn't closed off to it but I think he knew that to share that you you sort of had to build a little bit of a relationship so over six months of us playing and he sort of saw that I was, you know, open to most things and we we communicated, you know, as, as colleagues and as friends really well. He was able to share that and I was able to share things like, you know, I, I've watched gay porn, that, that's fine to me and I have no issue with that and I've had um, boyfriends when I was in high school tell me that, you know, they wanted to experience someone put a finger in their bum, for example, um, and so it's it's not something that has been completely off my radar. I've been yeah, always yeah. open-minded to mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're a sexual person yourself and I'm, you know, exploring butt plugs and all of that stuff, in all your searches you come across all the weird and wonderful things on the internet and I, I wasn't closed off to anything. And so that was awesome for me to be like, hey, I'm this wildly sexual person who's always getting bored of things Here's this other wildly sexual person that's always getting bored of things. Why don't we try and get bored of things together? Yeah. And so that led to a few years of us playing around and and doing all of that. And COVID hit and we fell in love and we've moved in and we get to still explore all the crazy, wonderful fantasies that we we have. And I think that's that was always really important to me, I think, long-term was I, I didn't go into like a lot of the early relationships like wanting a longer-term relationship, but I also always found like I wanted to find someone that I would be able to have a long t- stability but mm-hmm. also be able to explore all the weird and wonderful things that, that life has to explore. So, yeah. But wait, back to that BBC guy, was that – you know, because <laughs> my listeners get mad at me with like, why didn't you ask how big his dick was? Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, like they wanted to paint that picture. That guy, I'm assuming, did you trade? Because, you know, Blake did talk about you being a size queen. Like, did you talk about that when you were hooking this scenario up? Like, was that a part of that fantasy? Like, I want this guy. You got to have a big dick. I want, you know, and did you know ahead of time? Did you see it? Was it a shock to you? Was it gigantic? Like, what was the deal? 
I did get a photo from memory um, ahead of time. Uh-huh. I think photos can be deceiving, though, depending on the angle. Totally, and not to yeah. say like it wasn't it wasn't big. It was yeah. it was definitely long, but not thick. And if I think back to the experience, I definitely like a bit more girth. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I re- right. Like yeah. I I really enjoy sucking. It's it's something that I I do. Oh, yeah. Blake mentioned that. That was one of the bullets about you. He mentioned you're very <laughs> oral and you're very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And he lets me practice a lot. Um, so that's that's nice. But I, I like girth. And so when there's not enough for me to, from a girth-wise perspective, I'm a little bit of disappointed in that. In saying that, though, it was, it was an experience in the fact that um, it was very athletic and it was two hours of nonstop athletic. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like pumping and just almost like a jackhammer, I would explain, like uh. um, sort of action. Mm-hmm. And it was just nothing that I experienced before. But it was, yeah, it wasn't what I expected from a from a size queen perspective. Yeah. Blake likes to call me a size queen. I would just, I think I'm a girth queen a little bit more than, yeah. than length. And it's just purely for that that sucking. Yeah, I think a lot of girls, when they say they're size queens, they mean girth. I don't know. I I don't know many girls that like want a 12-inch dick inside them. Like we have a cervix and they're just like so far you could go. I don't know. (laughs) That's just me. (laughs) But wait, so with this guy, you know, did you, was it the type of thing, did he know that you had a boyfriend and you were going to be reporting back? We weren't boyfriends at that, like boyfriend girlfriend at the time. We were oh, just, you were just playing around, right? And it was more just, hey, I'm I'm going over. You know, I'm going over. I'm thinking about this. What do you think of this? Like he was supporting my fantasy. It was also really nice to have someone know, uh, say for example, were. that yeah, I was on the date yeah, as yeah. well. Like yeah. it, we were that type of relationship where you know I felt safe and comfortable to say like this is what's going on, but also here's my location on my phone, even though you're in a different country. So you know what's happening. And I yeah. think that was also, I, I wouldn't have done that without, you know, that support anyway. That backup, of course. Um, but no, but he, did he and, know? I mean, I know that you weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, but you guys were already at the point in your situationship, I guess maybe that's what you want to call it, but in your relationship with each other that you're going to, you have this set up, he knows about it and you know that you're going to go back and tell him and he's going to get turned on by that. I mean, you're using those kinds of hookups for your hooking up as well at this point or no? It was only a couple times that that happened, but the person in the US didn't know that I was okay, reporting right, right. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was also the type of situation where, you know, I was there for a couple of days in the city. Um, didn't matter, of course. Yeah, right. And I very much set it up in terms of in that way. Um, and I, I definitely didn't share photos or we didn't take any videos. It was just more anecdotal storytelling. There's no issues there. There were when we were sort of um, sort of early days, if there was someone that I was, you know, going to, to meet, then then Blake would know. But to be fair, we were more playing with each other and, and the swinging sort of happened happened and, and started when we, we got together more officially after like slightly before COVID and after COVID as well. Right. Um, whereas before it was just, you know, me playing and I would share stories of what I would do and Blake would get interested in terms of what would turn me on and what wouldn't so that he could potentially do a better job or things like that next time around that he played. 
so you get it's COVID hits and you wind up getting locked down together and that's how you guys fell in love quote unquote correct how many years before that though were going on that you guys had this open relationship kind of thing it's not was I know it wasn't a relationship but that you guys were like hooking up with each other before you you know just realized you felt more for him yeah so two years playing prior to that we had known each other through work and through life during COVID is when we um we really started into the mistress stuff Oh really? Um, because we couldn't really go anywhere, and so I really leaned into exploring mistress pegging, all of that stuff a little bit oh, more. Oh yeah, and yeah, then... yeah. Now, was that something you had ever done before with guys? You know, the pegging thing where you're pegging the guy. Like, did you ever do that before, Blake, or was this going to be something new? Uh, so no, I'd never done it. No. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. When sort of COVID hit, and obviously. Blake had shared with me in terms of um, his his desires around mistresses before, and we'd sort of played around with it in terms of um, watching some some porn together for for him to show me what he what he enjoys. And when you're locked down and you can't really do much play wise, I went and, and bought a bunch of latex gear and, and strap ons and sort of stripper type heels, and embraced that a little bit to to see what that was all about. It was obviously a different side of the kink world that's, like I said, not really so vanilla that I'd not really experienced before. I'd obviously seen more of the dom-slave dynamic through through my antics, but had never really seen the, the mistress-slave dynamic. And so when we were locked down, I decided to surprise Blake with Mistress Kitty for the first time, which is where Mistress Kitty came. Mm-hmm. I bought this sort of shiny red cat masquerade type mask and to build up my confidence, called myself Mistress Kitty and walked out to where Blake was sitting and told him to close his eyes until I told him to open it. And when he did, he saw me in, you know, all of this sort of black and red latex and his mouth just dropped. Mm -hmm. And that first mistress experience was essentially just having him worship and touch all the latex and suck the strap on that I had on and it wasn't pegging at all yeah but it was sort of just me getting comfortable with what he had shown me was what he enjoyed from a you know porn perspective and and mistress perspective and I was like that looks empowering for a woman like let's try that I wanted to see how it would make me feel and also how it would make me feel seeing him suck and another cock, even if it was a strap on, for example. Mm-hmm. And so that experience was awesome. And so I was like, all right, we're, we're stuck through a couple of couple of lockdowns, and we I experimented and, and brought out Mistress Kitty a few more times, and I was able to to peg him with a few different sizes of of dildos. And those experiences are sort of once in a blue moon, I think Blake mentioned but they're always really delightful because they bring us closer and what's really interesting is some of the times where I'll bring out Mistress Kitty and we'll start playing and I'll be all mistressy and his desire sort of takes over and then the switch sort of clicks in his brain and then all of a sudden he just has to be a dom and he overpowers me and then the power dynamic completely shifts and we're sort of playing with each other as to who needs to take control that's interesting Um, and often he 
<laughs> and oftentimes he wins because when he sees me in latex, it's sort of like a flick of the switch of whether or not he goes into submissive or he needs to take me now. Yeah. Um, and so that's always really funny from a power dynamics perspective that we have to play with. Mm-hmm. And I would say to the mistress stuff, it, it was really empowering to me. I still love it to this day in terms of how it you know, it, it makes him feel and it, it, you know, satisfies quite a, a deep desire for him, but also how it makes me feel. Like I feel powerful. I feel strong. I feel like it's taught me a lot from, you know, just my my life in terms of how to, you know, hold myself with confidence. And, you know, there's something about when you're holding a big cock in your hands as like in a mistress outfit, like how powerful you can feel. Yeah, I've heard that um, before from other girls that have done it. You know, it's always interesting to me yeah. to hear that angle. Yeah. And so that's, that's awesome. And something that's on my bucket list is actually to have another mistress with me so that Blake has to service two mistresses, mm-hmm. um, but also to learn from a professional mistress as well to see how they do it. And I think that would be an awesome experience for myself and Blake. Yeah. But that was quite a lot of our sort of COVID experience. And before COVID, we went to the Swingers Club, you know, once or twice and then at lockdown because of all the stuff that happened with everyone getting sick. And obviously, Swingers Club is probably not the most conducive environment to not get COVID. Yeah. (laughs) And so we've we've gone back a few times now since um, things sort of have eased up and we're sort of now talking about what is our sexual bucket list that we've got now that we have yet to explore. Gang bang. (laughs) Okay, I know that's your on your bucket list. (laughs) Gang bang thing is always so interesting to me. Because it's interesting to my listeners. Let me tell you, that Christine gang bang one and Betty gang bang, I mean, those are like, gang bangs are very highly downloaded episodes, let me tell you. So when you have your gang bang, Kitty, you're going to call back in, okay? Yeah, I will. Um, we've been thinking about going to one of the events that specializes in that, where the men are heavily vetted. And there's a, there's a couple of private parties that do that in Australia here. Um, so we're thinking about doing one soon. So I'll definitely call you. That's <laughs> definitely on the bucket list. I'm a little bit scared, though, because yeah. those parties can have like 80 men. And I don't know if I'm ready for 80, <laughs> the 80 options, I would say. Yeah. What would be the number for you, like five? Yeah, I'm I'm leaning five would be maximum, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say like three or four would be enough of a party for your first time, but I would yeah. say max five. Um, I wouldn't want to get overwhelmed. You also want to make sure that it's not a crowd. And yeah, I think logistically, it's just a bit of a nightmare with too many people. <laughs> yeah, but it's so um, interesting that they have these events where it's all set up for you. It always blows my mind when people tell me these stories of what's actually going down some nights when you're like maybe at home watching TV. There's like some gang bang being organized and taking place that has been an event and there's an, you know, a, a gang bang organizer that has vetted the guys, like you said. I mean, it's just crazy that these things actually happen or taking uh, place, you know, that go that it's like real. The more and more we get into this lifestyle, it's, it's actually crazy. But I found recently that there's places that book out entire resorts for like a week on end and there's like 30 to 50 couples that go to an island and completely book it out and just go crazy for a week. Imagine being the workers there. <laughs> Where are those workers? <laughs> I went, went on the, my episode, like what goes down. 
you know, because it's a regular <laughs> resort, imagine? right? They're renting it out. So there's got those, it's the same workers that work there when, you know, the families are there. And then, oh my God, one week, it's just like everybody's there fucking like, I just wonder, have you, you got to go to one of those, those things too, and tell me, report back what's happening there. I mean, I've heard from other swingers before that a lot of times on these, you know, when a swingers cruise or a swinger resort, it's not always just everybody like a free for all, you know, but I kind of yeah, I can't imagine it's more more worse than a, a spring break type scenario. Almost. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly, right. It's just older people, like people that are a little bit older. But wait, so go back to your swingers yeah. experience that you've had. How has that been for you? Because I know that mm-hmm. you did say in the beginning, oh, I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist, and you know, you're down for all. You're you're super open. I would think I'm surprised that it took you that long to go to your first swingers club. <laughs> you know, I mean, considering how curious you you always were and all the things that you wanted to do was so that something always on your list of you know I wanted you want to do and how has it been for you I honestly think it was maybe we were busy with work we didn't even know that they existed yeah um, uh-huh. we just did a couple google searches and and when you connect on places like FetLife and and different applications that are on there like the different you know sexual dating apps they often post events and you can see sort of where they're hosted we sort of found our way when we were ready to sort of explore that. Mm-hmm. I think it was just the easier option when you're thinking about, oh, let's let's find a third or let's find a, another. To If there is a place where like-minded people already exist, yeah. then it eliminates the let's go meet someone, take a whole night out of our week to potentially meet someone and it doesn't work out and then the night's wasted and you've you've totally. got all your you know it's a sure right? thing. so like if you go somewhere and everyone's there for the same thing and you're not going there with the intention to play and just to meet up then that's an, a net positive if if things go well right and so we just sort of were searching around and and we found this place and we we went for the the pure voyeurism of it all we weren't going to play the first night i think we did end up playing the first night just together and then a couple people may have joined in just very innocently from from sucking and and just sort of kissing and and touching. Mm-hmm. But what I've found in what I love about the the sex club and the lifestyle is just how confident everyone is because of the fact that they're all there for the same place. I found in myself that I love walking around in lingerie and just feeling sexy and confident. And Blake walks around and sort of taps my bum and I just like very liberating. And if I can go there and just you know, just do that and strut around all night. Then I've had a, a fabulous night. Yeah, and get compliments, and um, you know, you talk to wonderful people and you make connections. And we've made some wonderful friends in the lifestyle as well. And so that's good to be able to chat about things that you don't generally get to chat about. But I think also like there's there's themed nights as well. So we've been able to go to the buy themed nights where we've been able to to share a cock together and those types of things are a little bit harder to find where you know you're you're chit-chatting with someone back and forth for two three months and it doesn't work out whereas you go to these events and you could potentially find someone in a couple hours and you can connect with them or never speak to them again either or Um, and, and so that's that's been pretty good and it's also been healthy for us as well from for us to be able to you know stay connected and explore the different things we went to an event recently that was a little bit more darker themed and i wanted to 
I've never seen rope play before and I wanted to see someone tied up um, mm-hmm. because I've always seen photos of it, but I've never seen someone actually like get physically tied up. And, you know, I, I watched it and I, I didn't, you know, feel the urge that I wanted to jump in and be tied up, but, you know, he was there to support me and, and to watch that experience. And that's been, you know, an exciting, safe place to be able to, you know, work out all the different things that, you know, get you turned on. I think most cities have events like this. You just have to get connected and um, yeah, you know, know put in a little bit of work, right? Yeah. To to find where they're hosted and all of that stuff. But if you're nice and you're respectful, then and you chat to the right people, you should be able to find your like-minded sexual friends. Yeah, well, I know because I got uh, pics of you guys. You're also on Instagram. We're going to give it your shout out. But I mm-hmm. also got pics of you guys up for my Patreon and you'll send me some more for your episode. And like you guys are like a 10.5. OK, both of you as a couple. I don't see your <laughs> face. Too. OK, because I do it anonymous. <laughs> but your bodies, you're both. I mean, because typically I just get the girl, you know, but I love that Blake said it. And oh, my God, Blake's ass. Everyone's going nuts for it. And he's just got a really I hot body. It. Same with you. So Somebody commented, it was really funny on my Patreon, I don't know if you remember, but somebody commented on his ass. The girl said like, oh, that fucking ass. I'm like, yeah, can you believe how great hers looks? And she's like, no, I'm talking about the guys. I was like, oh, sorry. I was like, you know, but I mean, you're both like really effing hot as far, you know, so I mean, I'm sure you got a lot of friends at the swingers clubs. That's very nice of you to say. I think everyone is beautiful in their own right. Yes. Um, but we do get a little bit of attention. I also <laughs> have expensive taste in lingerie and I quite like the way that it looks and showing off my body a little bit. We both work hard for our body as well. We're a bit athletic and yeah, you we can like tell. working uh-huh. out. Yeah. And so if anyone wants to check out the Instagram there, they're more than willing. And there's been times where we've just been sort of sitting by and someone just sort of come up going, oh, when are you guys going to play? Because we just love to watch you. And we're like, oh, that's <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, we'll let you know. And I think it's very sort of nice. We try and show some pride in with how we look and put our best foot forward. And so I think quite nice. But thank you for saying so. But let me ask you a question. And people could see those pictures and you could send me more, right, for my Patreon for your episode. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this. Does anybody, because you're younger and I feel like the younger generation is more open about what they're into. So I wonder, do, do mm-hmm. your friends, does anyone besides Blake and my whole audience now know about your lifestyle and what you do with Blake and before Blake? Or is this a very secret life of yours? Yeah, so family wouldn't uh, know, yeah, um, for example. Yeah. But there's a couple girlfriends that, that I've told that I'm very open with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where we're, we're not going to tell people that we're swingers right off the bat. But yeah. if someone came into the club and we knew them, it's sort of like a safe space. And you're like, oh, you're here for this too? Yeah, no, I just think like with your girlfriends, I mean, listen, no family member, like unless you're going to be polyamorous and you're having real relationships with other people or something. But when it comes to sex life, I mean, who discusses Mm -hmm. their, even vanilla people don't discuss their sex life with their family, you know, so I, it's never like, oh, Oh, who would tell their family about that? I get it if you're, you know, bisexual and you're going to be dating women and maybe you're going to have a relationship or, you know, that kind of stuff, then maybe your family needs to know about it. 
But when it comes to just, mm-hmm. if this is just what you're doing, you know, in your sex life with your partner, you know, it's more so do you tell your girlfriends? Because that's where we talk about that kind of stuff, you know? It's like, yeah. I just wonder if you're very much like, this is who I am and everybody kind of knows that I'm super open and I'm down and I, I'm a, you know, now I go to swingers club or is it just that you keep that very to yourself? Well, I can tell you, so two, two girlfriends mm-hmm. know that, I go to swingers clubs and, you know, my, my relationship with Blake. Yeah. Um, because they also, I was very open with them in terms of the start of the relationship. There's, yeah. You know, there's this man that I'm sort of, you know, seeing that we, we play and, and they were sort of quite skeptical because when you're sort of, when you're playing with someone for two-ish years and you, you keep telling your girlfriends that it's not serious <laughs> and they're like, oh, right, like it's kind of serious. So now that we're on the other end of it and we've been together for, for so long, right, I can say like, oh, you know, we're, we're open, we like to play, like, you know, we go to swingers clubs if you'd like to know more, like, you know, I'm an open book, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they also don't probe. Um, there's also elements that, you know, I don't share, like, you know, Blake's bisexual nature and, mm-hmm. and the mistress stuff is, is quite closed off and it's for us to selectively share with those who can appreciate and, yeah. and partake in such experiences. But that's also like a need to know kind of thing and a, a nice to know. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a couple girlfriends that I'm like, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a swingers club because there's also girls only night. There's also nights that are a little bit more more fun and, and and sex ed classes to teach about consent and so it's a it's a really uh, holistic place that I would be able to invite my girlfriends to for a night out if they wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also have extremely wonderful accepting girlfriends that, that do not judge me and I'm very lucky for that. Yeah, yeah. And Blake, not so much. He doesn't go around sharing all of that but also if someone was like, hey, you follow strictly anonymous podcast on <laughs> yeah. on instagram what's that about we'd be like yeah it's about this like we're not gonna hide any of that stuff but it's not as if it's you know open our instagram doesn't include our faces it doesn't need to either we just sometimes take some sexy photos and we want to share it and that's totally fine too so give out your instagram so people could go and see you there is it something that you're going to eventually maybe do an OnlyFans or something like that or do you just do it because you enjoy, you know, just taking your pics and you're like, why not put it someplace? Yeah, it, it was the latter. So we have a couple of pics. Why not? It's also another avenue to potentially connect with the different events and the different communities oh, out there. So mm-hmm. it's just another avenue there. It is private since Blake episode has gone live. We've had a, a lot of follow requests. Oh, you have? Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and we've just started thinking about is an OnlyFans a thing if people want other content but to be honest we're busy people and you know every now and again if I buy a new lingerie set I take a photo and I put it up there and that's the intention of the Instagram mm-hmm. the Instagram is switch by couple s-w-i-t-c-h by couple and yeah it's it's private if you, if you follow we're, we're more likely than accept you um but it's yeah not def- it's not an OnlyFans we we're not you know, doing content requests or anything like that. And it's just been a nice way to connect with some people and be able to not clog up the personal Instagram with all the the dirty photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why not? And I mean, for you, if you're a little bit of an exhibitionist and you, like you said, it, it helps your confidence walking around with your lingerie and doing, I mean, I'm sure it just... 
is just an extension of that part of yourself. And there's also Blake is on there too. And if people want to listen to Blake's mm-hmm. episode because they missed it, you know, they could listen to that. It was episode 510. I'm going to put the link to Blake's episode in the description of this one. You guys will have mm-hmm. to call me back, like I said, when you have your gang bang. <laughs> we'll have a few more experiences and we'll call you back, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure, because that one will go over great. Thank you so much for calling in and doing it this way and, you know, separately, because I think that it was super interesting and great to hear about, you You know, just to get your backstory, because so many people wanted it after listening to Blake's and also ha- hear your take on your guys' relationship as well. You know, it, it's... I I like that we did it this way. I feel like we got an even bigger picture of your relationship that I typically get when I talk to a couple together. It was good to do it this way. So thanks so much for calling in, Kitty. And don't forget to send me some pics. And I'm going to tell people to go over to the switch by couple. I don't know if you want more people, but they're going to be coming. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. And it was awesome talking to you. And we'll be in the comments on your Instagram and, and YouTube. Um, awesome. I think Blake's already been in some of the comments. So looking forward to chatting with your listeners and thank you so much for having us both it's been awesome to talk to you yeah no that's awesome thanks so much bye kitty bye kathy everyone thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode if you want to follow the show follow me at strict anonymous on instagram or twitter that's at strict anonymous if you are on youtube make sure to subscribe i love youtube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.